Hello everyone. Welcome to ARG Presents. Today we will be looking at serious games that somehow ended up funny. Aaron? Wow. <laughs> that was something. This is why we don't let this guy do the open. That's right, folks. We're going to look uh, at the, we spun the wheel the whole nine yards, bam. Serious games that are funny. Look, it's written right on your shirt, dude. That's a, what an idiot you are, the Brent. So we spun the wheel last week, and this is the topic that came up. Uh, and we figured, what the hell, we're going to get into this thing. Brent, when yes. you think of serious games yes. that are funny, yeah. what do you think of? Bad think, voice acting. Is that the first thing? Immediately. The first thing I think of are like really bad cutscenes. Bad cutscenes uh, will get you there too. So, can you give cite some examples, the brand of, of these of these sorts of things? Uh, I know uh, uh, a lot of your Kojima games, your Metal Gear Solids, are have over, such over the top cutscenes that are also trying to have this serious over, uh, overtone. Yeah, um, fighting games. Holy cow! Some of the cutscenes in those are 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 now granted. Fighting games, you're really you're not holding that serious edge on for most of them. Yeah, I guess Tekken, you're sorta, or you're trying to be serious. You know, you're trying to have that, especially your Tekken's twos and threes. You're trying to have that dramatic uh, uh, feel. You know, where he gets ready to throw him off the cliff, but then it gets they they know that ultimately they're going to be silly, right? Yeah, and, and so that's a little bit different. But like Kojima is the master of trying to be serious, and it ends up just being hilarious. Well, you know, when I see, I think of different stuff than you on this. Because a lot of times what takes me out of a serious game or what it does dumb and funny stuff. And I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, if you're playing a game, and I'll use City of Heroes as a good example. Okay. Uh, you're, you are playing a hero, and you're in the toughest part of town. And but no one screws with you, despite the fact these are all there are muggings and stuff going on. They just sort of let you go by. Well, I mean, you know, because they don't want to screw with yeah. you. I also like games that are, they're, you're, the uh, the NPC character takes you uh, through some stuff, and you're going through what are tons and tons of enemies. They just let you slide right through. You know, I like the idea of, ba of when stuff goes wrong in the game. Like uh, I don't mean glitches, but just like in the middle of a cutscene. I guess it would be a glitch. Like a guy gets ran over, or shot. That's you know, the kind of stuff that takes you out like of Like the it. Madden. Uh, uh, Madden where the ambulance comes on the field, and when it leaves, it runs over all the other players. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Now, with all that said, I had a, a, a difficult time. I gave this. I started thinking about this last Sunday as soon as the show was over. I, I would hope there, so. That's how it worked. I went there. So, yeah, but normally <laughs> I linger for a couple of days. But I, I sat around pondering... Like, what would this... I don't know what this category is exactly. I had to really sit around and think about it. And I had a heck yeah, of a time fair. coming up with... Did you come up with any games that, like, you passed on? Um, <clears throat> I was thinking about the one, like, some of the Telltale games. Yeah. That have some of the serious uh, uh, overtones. But I didn't really want to get into commercial stuff like Walking Dead or Batman, which, I mean, means you pretty much have to go to the Borderlands series of games. Which, those were set up to be funny. Right. So, um, I did start down that path and ended up choosing something differently, though. I uh, I chose a game that I abandoned because it was going to be too expensive to get. There's this game, it's a, it's sort of like a, uh, it's sort of like a Splinter Cell or something game, 
but it's based on this guy. I wish I could remember the name. It's based on a real-life soldier, all right? And apparently this real-life oh. soldier is some kind of, like, uh, it's portrayed as some sort of, like, a combination of, like, uh, Clint Eastwood and Ash from yes, Evil Dead. I, I know what you're talking about. Foul mouth. And he, apparently he, uh, this character was voiced by a famous actor. Uh, and so I thought to myself, this might be pretty funny. But, again, I watched this, and it looked dumb. Yeah. You know, but I wasn't sure. I mean, it was sort of serious. But, I mean, when this guy's throwing out quips left and right, I had, I had right. trouble going with right. it. Plus, yes. I want to pay 60 bucks for garbage. Yeah. So, there you go. So, I ended up, uh, I, I had to set back and ponder, but I figured one out. You want to just get into it here? There's all I can say on these. Let's do it. So, when we pondered this, I thought to myself, listen, there's a, I'm going to go back to the TV roots here, or movies. I want to come up with something... Like, maybe a film that had had a really bad video game. And there are plenty of those. Oh, yeah. I could have went with, like, Highlander or the ZX Mortal Spectrum. Kombat. Uh, yeah, well, Mortal Kombat, the game was good, but the movie was... You know, uh, even it was, you know, there are, like, Hudson Hawk. Or there's a ton of bad movies that had dumb games. Sure. But, you know, I, I sit around thinking about it. And I was like, I need a game. I need a show that was sort of serious. And I almost went with a Grey's Anatomy game that looked real dumb. You know, that would have been a better choice. Ultimately, but ultimately, I decided on bam. It's mash now. Mash, mash, uh, mash. mash. That you you do understand why I have one quabble yes. about picking this, right? Okay, go ahead. Mash was a dramatic comedy. Well, see, that's part of the reason I picked it. Cause okay, because I'm, I'm covering every base with mash. Okay, all right. So mash, just a quick. Because Brent's already chastised me. Don't go into MASH. I'm going into it a little. MASH was a TV show that ran in the United States for 11 seasons. It was based on a film called MASH. Or excuse me. It was based on a novel called uh, a MASH, a novel about three army doctors, which spawned a film called MASH, which spawned a TV show called MASH. So it's pretty much been in every possible media. Yes. Uh, and again, this ran 11 seasons, 256 episodes. It ran forever. Okay. And it was always a real popular show. Yeah. It started in 72 and ran to 83. And it's a show based on a mobile army surgical hospital in uh, during the Korean conflict, the Korean War, which uh, took place from 50 to 53. So the show went far, far longer than the actual war, which I always thought was kind of amusing uh, when it comes to that. So... I mentioned MASH stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. One of the running gags on the show is that the hospital never moved. They only moved like maybe two times in the entire run of the show, yeah. which that's not realistic. Uh, in the show, you follows uh, some uh, surgeons uh, and their exploits in the, in the MASH unit. The main surgeons are Hawkeye Pierce and uh, Trapper John. And the, then you had other replacements. I'm not going to get it too far into them. They used to mock... This jerk surgeon called Frank Burns and the uh, head nurse, which was uh, Hot Lips Houlihan, uh, they were like sort of the uh, uh, jerks of the show that the beat that Hawkeye and Trapper used to screw with. And there's a cast, a big cast that was revolving cast. I'm gonna get too much into that. The weird thing about Mash though is Mash was a show. Mash was a comedy about a very serious war. But in the show, incredibly serious and non-funny things happen. Yes, and so the 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 show is known as a dark comedy or a or a, uh, a dramedy. Yeah, but the funny comedy. thing is, I don't think it's either one of those. I think it's both all the time. 
It because the comedy on it's not dark. It's dumb. It's dumb yeah. idiot comedy, and the dramatic parts aren't black comedy. They're dramatic. Yeah, people get killed. They die on the table. They get shot in half. Horrible crap happens with this war, and so you've got a show, a very unique show, where in literally two different scenes, the the guys are thro- are getting drunk on a still that they made booze of in their tent, and they're mocking this guy. And in the next scene, Soldier Bill is getting killed. I, I like. <laughs> It's a very bizarre show. Yes, it also had a an American had a had a laugh track that they hated, and so the laugh track would only would only play during the non surgery parts of the show. The, that doesn't mean anything though, because there was tons of parts in surgery where they're just laughing, having a good time. Yeah. It's a big joke in there. Yeah, it's a weird show, and so I thought to myself, this is a serious show that gets funny that spawned a game. I was like, I bet this game is. Something like, and so I was not disappointed. Uh, this game is a bit of an anomaly, uh, the brand, and the reason is I picked the Coleco version. That's the one I told you to play, but it, you could have played any of the other versions of the game. And, and the, I did. <laughs> and the funny thing is, this was not officially. I found this out after starting to look at this game. It's just that this is a prototype game. It was never officially released on the ColecoVision. Now it's widely available now. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, which is odd because it's a completed game, uh, and this game was also ported to uh, more systems than I thought. According to Wiki, uh, this has ports to the, uh, of course, there's a 2600 version, uh, and there's a TI version. I know those two exist for sure. And there's also the ColecoVision version, which is in which it was never released. And then, uh, do you all, according to Wiki, there's an Intellivision and a Vic version, and Atari 8-bit version. I haven't played those or I haven't tried them. This game actually isn't very well covered by most of the major sites. I mean, there, it's I don't know I don't know if it wasn't popular or whatever. Uh, this game was released in '83, developed by Doug Neubauer for uh, Fox Video Games. Uh, this game was going to be a big deal. Fox Video Games paid a ton of money uh, to get the Max license, and this was going to be a game. Uh, where they were going to drop some cash on it, and they wanted to make this game a real big release. And so uh, this game was promoted under the Fox Games of the Century banner. So you know it's gold. And as an added bonus, the guy that played Maxwell Klinger, Jamie Farr, was the official spokesman of the game. So if you watch the original MASH, uh, Jamie Farr's character was this guy who used to dress like a woman to try to get released on a Section 8. That was his gimmick, and he uh, he was there for most of the run of the game. He's also a uh, you see him everywhere in the old game shows. Like yeah. he was a game show match. In fact, a lot of the match cast were working on the game show circuit on top of everything else. So again, this game not released on the Coleco, but you can't pick it up. So what is this game? What makes it unique, and how does it fit this category? Well, you play as Hawkeye, and sometimes you play as Trap if you're playing two players. And the two main doctors of MASH. And you have two different sets of goals in this. And I'm going to get into the other versions of this game later because they're sort of different. But in, in the Coleco version, uh, you've got really basically two sets of screens. And the first set, of, the first part of this game, you and Trapper, for some reason, are piloting helicopters. Now, <laughs> neither one of these guys ever flew anything no. in the show. They did occasionally ride in a chopper, <laughs> and they even occasionally would ride down... And rescue people, but in the, uh, but they never flew them. In this game, not only are you flying it, 
You're going out to rescue people in the frozen, uh, horrible the cold. frozen tundra. Well, of North Korea, which, <laughs> by the way, they do have horrible winters up yeah. there, apparently. And so what you're doing in this first section is flying your helicopters around to rescue downed uh, soldiers. Now, this is pretty serious. These are downed soldiers. But it's hard to take it too seriously for two reasons. One, the soldiers lay on their back and flail like babies. It looks just like it looks like an infant down they, on they the look, ground. Actually, they look like little fires. And then, secondly, you when you go to rescue them, you just land your chopper directly on them. Yeah, that's which how, <laughs> good. Then you know that's how you rescue people. And then, thirdly, uh, when you're playing in the one player or two player game, if you have two players, there's of course both choppers on the screen at once. And they compete to take each other's patients. <laughs> so, if, if this was a real life event, these down there would be—they would be competing to rescue these poor guys. <laughs> There's also a North Korean tank, uh, or at least one and more as you get further on, that sits at the bottom of the screen and shoots. So that's the first game. And if you try to rescue all, once you rescue all the uh, all the guys, that section ends. Then you go to the operating room game. And you would think this isn't going to be that funny, but it sort of is. Because in the show, often the doctor take, they often take metal and shrapnel out of soldiers, right? Sure. That's what, so that, that's that's what you're doing in this game. This game combines, uh, this game is sort of like Operation, the uh, board game, combined with like a maze game, I guess is the best yes. way to put it. You, hold, you basically are, are, are holding a scalpel. Or some sort of retrieval yeah, device. I believe it's like tweezers. Well, it, who knows what it is? But whatever it is, you're working it in. Your there's a body laying on a table, and you're actually going in and you're pulling out shrapnel. Now, uh, the the tweezers or the whatever that is can go anywhere. But once you've attached the shrapnel to it, if you touch any part of the man's body. He gets, I, I guess yeah. it, you fail. You lose. Right. Now, the, here's the funny thing about that scene. So here you are, you're a crack surgeon. You can't save the guy. It's impossible to save him. Because once you, uh, you ha it's a timed operation. So once you run out of time, you, you that's it. And you hear the thing, you hear the beep, 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 the heart monitor go, Burr, and he's gone. He's dead. So you can't ever save him. And that's across all platforms, by the way. You can't ever save the guy. Tragedy of war, man. And then you go back to the helicopter scene. Now, you're probably asking yourself, how do you lose in this game? Well, this is a game where you play basically a two-player game every time, even if you're playing against a computer. And when one, when one of the two of you get to 1,000 points, the game ends. Yeah. And, and when you're in the operating room... Every uh, every so often, every like five seconds, the computer gets like six points, something like that. So as you're the longer it takes you to go through and get this shrapnel, well, you get bonus points you get for bonus, everything right. you take out. And, but he he's yeah. also getting points on the side yeah. to keep it interesting. I, I I never ever come close to beating the computer, no matter what skill oh, level I really? tried. Okay. The, now I want to get into a few of the differences between this version and some of the other versions. I looked at two different versions. Uh, aside from the uh, version we're looking at here of MASH, I looked at the Atari 2600 version. Now, the Coleco version on the helicopter level, it actually scrolls. So you've got yes. multiple screens of guys to rescue. Uh, the Atari version has one screen. And so you've got two helicopters, a tank, but you've also got a plane, which I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, the operating, and by the way, the rules are pretty much the same uh, uh, on this part of the Atari game as they are on the uh, Coleco. Sort of. Uh, on this one... You can only, you have 
room to hold five people. Yeah. And once you collect those five people, you'll actually see a physical change of your copter. It, it's subtle. It just has like the the place where you would set the cockpit area goes from being transparent to, full, to being the, yeah, full. Filled. And then you take them back to base, which is yeah. sort of different from well, the other one. Because the other one, you just go, you collect people, you collect people, you collect people. Yeah. This one, you have to keep going back and forth into the battlefield, and guys just randomly pop up. In some ways, this is the Atari versus. I don't know. I'd say they're they both have their pluses and minuses. Well, I think they, go they're in. both fun. I will. I personally, I misunderstood Aaron. I I played the Atari version. You can play either one. So he can go over. The ColecoVision version, I'll go over the Atari version in detail. And, well, I know a lot. I played both. So, anyway, that's that screen. Now, on the uh, on the operation screen, the, uh, man, the ColecoVision guy looks a lot better. The The Atari guy looks like a, a, a schmoo or, or a child-bearing guy. He, just, he looks a little stay puffy. This guy would never make it. I can see why he got injured. He was probably out there looking for a Twinkie. Oh, boo. So, anyway, boo. that's true. It's true. But it, otherwise, that part's same now. The Atari version has uh, different game modes yeah. that you don't get in the Coleco version. One of them, it, I read the docs, I was baffling. On this show, there's this old guy named Colonel Potter. He's the second Colonel that takes over. After the original Colonel dies horribly in a plane crash in a very dramatic episode that happened directly after comedy, by the way. It's funny, it's funny. And famously in the show, they didn't tell the cast what was going to happen at the end of the show. And they, they didn't tell anybody, so when they shot it, the cast's reactions were legitimate. <laughs> They'd killed off one of the main characters, for, really for no good reason, just to do it. Uh, but anyway, in the show, Colonel Potter took over. Was, Colonel Potter was an old guy. Harry Morgan played him from Dragnet and a bunch of other stuff. And he was a former cavalry officer. He was real old. Well, in this game, he leads a band of aerial paramedics that jump out of the plane at the top on the Atari version. But the funny thing is, if you read the documentation... They jump out of the plane, and none of them have parachutes. It's written right in the docks. And so it's your job to fly under them and catch 40 before they all... You can't. First of all, that, that plane is packed with paramedics <laughs> that have no parachutes. So I wonder about who thought that was a good idea. But still, it's, that part of the game isn't on the, uh, on the, uh, uh, on the ColecoVision. Another thing I want to mention is that the Atari version has different, you aren't playing as Hawkeye and Trapper, uh, you're actually, the, the your, your other copter is multiple people, and including Frank Burns, the bad guy, which makes more sense. Hawkeye and Frank Burns were adversaries on the show, it would make more sense for them to be against each other. I'm assuming because of the way the Klinkovich and two-player work, they didn't want someone to have to be the jerk, the dumb guy, I don't know what they, I don't know why, but Frank Burns uh, is amongst the people you go out, you go against in the Atari version. That's on paper only. That's yeah. never actually mentioned. Yeah, you in never the see game. it. I will say the TI version of this uh, is very interesting because this got it supports the voice, and so the game will when you're playing this, it says uh, attention incoming wounded when you're playing on the helicopter oh, version. That's pretty good. And when you're playing in the uh, when the operating room, it uh, <laughs> it says it funny quips. Right, it's like up, win some, lose some. Oh, knucklehead! Like you screwed that up. Like it mocked. Oh, that. Why did we not play that version? I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it existed. <laughs> 
So yeah, if you want to see the definitive hilarious version, by the way, saying win some, lose some, as you let, let a guy die on the operating table, not got to fit the qualifications yeah. of this. Even good. on MASH, that's cold-blooded. <laughs> so there you go. Anything else you want to throw in about the Atari version? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. So now, see, I, like I said, I didn't play the Coleco version. I only played the Atari version. So I picked up some some interesting details. All right. Um, first thing, uh, the the scene where you're flying and picking up people. First of all, horrible controls. Horrible controls. It has trees, but you would think the copters would fly over the trees because that makes sense. But no, you actually hit the trees and bounce around. It's yeah. really stupid. Yeah, it's the way it is in Coleco. Uh, but to pick up the people in the Atari version, you don't land. You just fly over top of them, and it'll pick you, and you'll pick them up. And if you get shot down, like an ambulance comes and grabs a copter and drives off, but you don't get credit for those people. You have to get them back to the hospital. So if you're flying around, you're collecting people, and you get shot down, as your copter comes down the screen, you can still collect fallen soldiers. (laughs) You're basically... (laughs) Grabbing them, putting them in the chopper, and then it crashes and everyone dies. Yeah, I'm I was glad, like, "What's going on?" I'm glad you mentioned that because on both versions of this, when you crash your chopper, but when you get shot down, which all the way you can crash, um, ambulances cut drive out to presumably rescue. It's different on the Atari, on the on the ColecoVision version. They literally drive right up to where your chopper's at, which leads me to wonder why they just didn't drive the ambulances <laughs> out there in the first place. Because they're a lot faster than the chopper. Way faster. But once they come out and you and then they leave, you're back in business. Uh, on the Atari version, I mean, the amateurs drive on the bottom of the screen. With their flight. It's almost like there's a road down there. Yeah. And they, they drive out there. They don't actually come to get you. Presumably, you walk out of the woods or something. Well, they, they come and get you. Instead of taking you back to the hospital, they go the other way. They're like, I'm out of here. Some, <coughs> something else I want to mention uh, before we move on on the Coleco version of this is that there are different games on that one. There's not just... The, I mean, Atari has different games, too, but the Coleco has the games. One game is where... And these are both sort of on the Atari. One is a game where you do nothing but surgery, which that game sucks, because the surgery part's the worst part. And the other game is... It's a it's a game where it's, it's it sort of reverts back to the Atari, in a way. It's a single-screen game with the helicopters. It, and the helicopters are also smaller in this version. And it just puts out a zillion guys. I mean, the whole woods are crawling with the... I don't know what happened out here. And it's just continual. You're continuously rescuing guys. And after you've cleared all the guys, they just respawn. It's yeah. like a zillion guys. And if you play on the higher levels in the Coleco, you can even have... Like, they'll have multiple tanks. And these tanks are crack shots. Yeah. They're super difficult to, to avoid on the later levels. Because I went through and tried all the different skill levels as well. It's still neat, two-player simultaneous action, kind of cool. Uh, and uh, this game, actually, I thought was kind of, I mean, this sort of fits the show, kind of. I mean, sort of. I don't know. I mean, it's what are you going to do? It's a match game. Yeah, it sounds like the TI version I mean, with the quips and stuff. The quips, I think that matches the The quips are good. Better. The quips are good. Yeah. Uh, the, the Atari version has one uh, quip whenever you fail at a surgery. But I can't remember what it was. It was so dumb. It's yeah. just text at the top. Yeah, of the yeah, screen. yeah. The, I think they actually say that clip in the uh, in the other version. Now we did get some uh, some action on this uh, brand. We we got one review on this thing. By the way, there were no formal reviews, and there was no eBay because you can't buy this. 
Now, I have heard that there are people that will actually sell you a, a knocked up, a knocking, a knocked up version, you know, it's pregnant, a, a, a knockoff, sort of a make your own version. And I've got a box, so so someone somewhere either printed a box or that was a box. Like, who knows? But sure. there's box art for it. So anyway, Pajaco had a chance to play this, and he chimes in. He says, I was expecting the usual licensed game train wreck, but I was pleasantly surprised. Okay, it's a wacky concept to start with, but it works quite well. Controls are a little fiddly. What I, what I found bizarre was the fact that Hawkeye and Trapper seem to be in competition with each other to collect wounded soldiers. Trapper does not hesitate to steal your guys if you're not looking up. That's true. The wounded soldiers on the field look like babies, and the surgery level is a bit out there. One, one the guy looks like he's trying to remember if he left the iron on, and two, it's a bit harsh with zero room for error. Also, you keep playing and time runs out, and the guy apparently buys the farm because the beeps go continuous. Did I kill the guy or what? My only real complaint is the Korean tanks. They are on you like stick on poop, and the only way to get them away is to hover to the side, wait for the tanks to move, and then swoop in and grab your guy if Trapper hasn't already. I had a quick play of the 2600 version, and the Coleco version is the better version. Not quite Choplifter, but I've played worse. Six out of ten. Uh, I, I, I'll, I will uh, second that remark. I would say that's about right. A fun game. And really, even the Atari version is not that bad. Uh, but the TI version is going to be on my list for a future play. Any final absolutely. thoughts on this one, Brent? Um, I, I did not find this as favorable. Uh, again, I only played the Atari version. Uh, the controls are really, really bad. Uh, the hit detection on the helicopter level is really, really bad. I would definitely say... If you've got uh, uh, an emulator running, you know, and this is on the list, go ahead and check it out. But do not go out of your way. I did not think it was very good. I would give this one a shot. Actually, I thought this was actually, I thought this was a pretty fun, pretty fun game. So, what do you got for us, Brent? Let's get into yours. All right, I went a much different direction. Yeah, you did. Uh, <coughs> I, I went and said, you know what? What is a game that wants to be serious? And not only did it fail in the beginning, but it failed so hard that it kind of looped around and embraced that failure and kind of made it its own. And I'm taking a look at Hitman, codename 47. Yeah, I never, you know, of all the years that this is, I never have ever played it. This is the first time I've ever played this game. I am embarrassed to say I did not realize this was the first Hitman game. And... I had not played it before. What do you this mean week you didn't either. realize it was the first one? You I said did, you were playing Hitman. I I said I was playing the first Hitman, right? Yeah. And I thought it was a completely different game. What did you think it was? I thought it was Bloodlines. Hey, you're dumb. Well, what I, are the, there's, there's what are the there's, there's no two. similarities there's to those, are there? No, yeah, it's Hitman Bloodlines. Um, oh, but, Hitman. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but because um, I heard that game was way better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. It was blood money. Blood. There's a whole lot more coming. Uh, the the one we're looking at though is the code name 47 released in the year in the wonderful year of 2000, mm. November of 2000 in North America, December of 2000 in uh, Europe. No Asian release of this game, which I was actually kind of surprised about. Uh, developed by IO Interactive. This was. This has a few uh, unique qualifiers, Aaron, that I kind of dispute, 
but I'm willing to give them the benefit you of the doubt. Them? Yes. Uh, it is said that this is the first game to have ragdoll physics. Uh, it's saying that beat it beat Jurassic Park. Uh, it, or Jurassic Park was the first game that had ragdoll physics. This was the second one. I don't think that that was what actually do you, true. What do you think is the first one? I, I think there were many games in between that had ragdoll physics. All right. Uh, it also says that this was the uh, uh, first game to include what real-world physics. And what it means by that is when you run into vegetation and stuff like that, the vegetation actually moves. Oh, oh I hope it's not going to happen. But yeah, you mean like yeah, wheat like, and stuff. Well, like when you run into leaves, the leaves it. actually move around your I character. I got it. I got it. I, I also dispute that, but I can't, I have Who's, not. Who are the people that say this? If you don't believe them, uh, I mean, this is just common knowledge. Okay, out there in the world. I didn't know. Um, but that is not what we're here to discuss today. And like I said, if, if those things are true or untrue, I can't at this time say one way or the other. We are here to talk about the man, the myth, the legend himself. Uh, Agent 47, in all his bald glory. Yeah, finally, a bald hero. Uh, this game Age. opens up in a tutorial where you are waking up from a deep slumber, a drug sleep, whatever, and there's a man over a loudspeaker talking about how wonderful and perfect you are and uh, how intelligent and, and amazing you are for getting up and walking around the room, and you figured this out so quickly and then he brings you over to some weaponry, and he says, oh, you've picked it up, and it describes your weaponry. And it's it's like a proud papa talking about his boy, right? Yeah. Like, oh, can you believe what old Johnny did? It's pretty weird. Man. And, and that's actually what is happening, because this guy, is, Agent 47, is lab-grown, basically, and, and uh, was raised to be this super killer assassin, and this was your, you know, one of your handlers. So... The, the dialogue in that scene is, I mean, yes, it's cheesy, but but it's yeah. at least fairly well done. The, the, the voice actor did, did an okay job of expressing itself. Uh, but it sets the scene, right? You are this assassin, this born-bred assassin that's going to go out in this world and do all these killings. And that's some serious stuff, right? Yeah. You, you know, you're getting these contracts. You're taking out... Uh, Drug cartels. You're taking out police uh, chiefs. You're talking, you know, uh, military installations. You're looking for nukes at one point later in the game. All this, you know, has some pretty serious tones going on. Uh, and then Agent Forty Seven speaks, yeah. and God bless him. <laughs> yes. He's not the perfect he, man for speaking. He does better in later later versions of this game. But he is the driest, most most awkward voice actor you know, I believe you, I've ever if you heard. If grown in a vat, this is probably probably how it would go. <laughs> I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and he doesn't speak often, right? So it kind of shifts the mood when you actually get into a, a, a cut scene or a dialogue. Because, you know, you got the series, you're stealthing around. The whole game is stealth-based. And uh, and then when you do have this interactions and he speaks, it's so jarring 
from the mood of the rest of the game that you have to cackle. You have to cackle laugh when you hear it yeah. because it's so misplaced. Um, There's a bunch of bad voice acting in this, let's be fair. There is a bunch, but he is He's horrible, far and away the worst. It's like they had a contest. This is like tra- <laughs> it's like Trapper and Hawkeye. Who can do the worst read of this bad? Um, at one scene later in the game, you save a woman. Uh, she's been held captive, and she says, Listen, I'll, I'll give you the, the combination of the save if you get me out of here, right? And so you rescue her. And as part of the reward, she leans over and kisses you. And he actually goes, Oh? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, What? Yeah. That's all that. So, in later versions of Hitman, they, they kind of lean into this. One of the big things with Hitman is you can dress up in other people's clothes. Oh, yeah. That way, you get gain access to other parts where you would get. Found out if you went in on your normal suit that you well, start with. I mean, I got something to say about that. Too. Well, uh, <laughs> but they, it, the later games, they start leaning into some of the wackiness. They, you know, you might dress up in uh, so a fast food clothing outfit, clown outfits. You, the weapons start getting more absurd. Well, you've got the serious stuff like poisons and guns and piano wire and that kind of stuff. But you also have like rubber ducks. Uh, you know, you're you're throwing bricks at people that carve around walls. Uh, so I I personally believe that they started leaning into the silliness. But this game, the silliness was not on purpose. That's what made it better. Yeah, this, this was they weren't trying to be silly. Just the voice acting was so last minute, an afterthought. I don't know why it ended up the way it was. But real quick, let's go to the gameplay just in case you have no idea what this game is. Okay. You play as Hitman. This is a game all about giving you a situation and allowing you to handle that situation the way you want. Um, some levels, for this, this is the first game of the series, some levels are pretty, you kind of have to do it this way, but a lot of them are open enough that you can line up your shots, you can uh, have several different paths to accomplish the goal. You know, the goal is always to kill someone or to recover something, etc. Um, and this was one of the first games that really gave you this much freedom. And it shows because it's rough around the edges, but for them to take the chance to make this type of game and to pull it off as well as they did, uh, I, I, it takes all, they get a lot of credit in my eyes for that. Do you, what, do you not think it was pulled off well? Listen, I, I, when you picked this game, I right. had two thoughts. One, okay. how am I going to play this game? Because I didn't know because it was old. And I did find, I was able to get this to run on a current Windows. Only re- this game only released on Windows, by the way. Yeah, and so uh, it was released. I mean, you're talking like, I will see, you won't have trouble running it. But I mean, you in terms of from what you've got, you, you have to, to. You have to run it in OpenGL. I didn't. You, I didn't run it that way. You, I you ran to, it in Direct3D? Uh-huh. And I had to oh. change. Listen. It was Why? Like get, getting the game and playing the game were a hassle, as usual. But all that said, uh, when this game loaded up, I had heard of this game. because they had a movie based on it and right. some other stuff. You know, it's the bald guy with the UPC symbol on his head. Yeah, I knew this. So, anyway, I start playing this game. And if you got to remember when this game came out. It doesn't... Tw- the year 2000 doesn't seem like a long time ago. Two decades ago. But, I mean, <laughs> if you think about... A game like this, what's changed? 
the everything when Brent picked this, I'm like, I don't see if this is gonna fit the category. It fits, brother, because this game is as goofy <laughs> as they come. For, there are multiple things I like about this. For one, you're a big, tall, bald guy with a UP symptom on his head. Right. So when he comes up, let's say you go into a restaurant, right, and you want to infiltrate the restaurant, he'll just walk in the back of the restaurant. No one cares. He goes back there. There's a guy, because everyone in the game pretty much walks on these set paths, you know. Yeah. Sometimes they'll just be in one little room and just walk back and forth. You know, that shtick. Well, and so, yeah. And so your guy can just walk into the room, just a little room, okay? And there's a guy walking back and forth, and you just walk and stand there. And he'll look right at you. He'll turn around. Then you choke him with piano wire. Kill him. He's dead. You drag his body when you put on his clothes. Now, for example, I played in, like, this Asian... Uh, uh, restaurant or whatever. Yeah. And so you're the only non-Asian, huge, tall, white, bald guy with a UPC symbol with a waiter outfit on. Who's buying this? It's it's like it's like fistful of yen. Well, these guards are oblivious. This guy. To be fair, to oh, be I gotta fair, hear this. If okay, I, I know the level you're talking about. Yeah. The the way you're supposed to do that is it's a it's a setup between the chief of police. And two rival gangs, and the they're talking. Tongs, yeah. yeah, they're talking about a, a power struggle, right? And the objective is to go in, kill them all, or kill at least two of them, and plant uh, a piece of evidence to make it look like the third one's the problem. A medallion. So, from one of the tongs, if yeah. you get to the guy that is the third, the third wheel, you choke him out, and you put on his clothes, and you go to the meeting. They did the the three don't know who's being sent. You know they're just uh, representing each party. Uh, the chief of police will actually say there's a random dialogue, uh, but the chief of police will actually say it's like I can't believe they sent a white guy. So they do try. Listen, they I didn't do even do try. any of that. I went up to the first waiter I saw and choked him out. Well, I didn't do any of that crap because guess what? That's not how this agent works. Well, <laughs> this agent's a gun-toting maniac. I go into the point places. of the game then. But my point is, you can walk anywhere in the game, not just here, and just walk right up behind a guy and follow him for like 10 minutes back and forth on the hall and finally just kill him. I mean, it's ludicrous. That kind of stuff, it was funny. The, the way the game is set up, because you're kind of misrepresenting it. I know you're not oh, doing it. Oh, I am purpose. not. That's exactly what you can do. The game, from a programming standpoint, there are public areas and there are private areas. In a public area, you can literally go anywhere you want, be as suspicious as you want, as long as you don't pull out a gun. In a private area, the game says, are you still in your suit? If you are still in your suit, people become alarmed. Yeah. Okay? If you are in it, if you're wearing the clothes of someone who would be in this area, the game says, okay, you're fine. So, I mean, it's rudimentary nowadays to be that black and white with it, but for the context of the year 2000, this game, it was brilliant coding. I understand, but it's funny. That's what I'm saying. It is funny. There's a scene where you, in the same demo I played, there's a scene where you meet this hooker, all right, and and you have to take her to the roof of this thing, okay? And so... You you go in there and talk to her, and then you go you go in the elevator, go to the roof, and there are guards all over the place. Right? Yeah. 
And you're just casually walking around yes. with this person on the roof. They don't care. No. And then you open this gate and let her out right in front of the guards. They don't care. And then you leave. She goes, here you go. And you leave. And no one cares what you're, what you're doing. Yeah. I will say the game is a lot of fun because they don't. there is really no right answer. Yeah. You can cut. You can sort of sometimes get away with doing dumb crap. You can go in as a murder hobo if you yeah. want. You could go in like I like just to shoot people. The aiming and stuff was actually pretty good. You had to, of course, the default controls in this use the uh, arrow keys, but you can. They've got built in WSAD. You can change them so they were. This is just when that was starting to be a thing. Yes. You know. Yeah, you can really tell because the default is number key. Yeah, but it has. One button click to change it to WADS. Yeah. Uh, I had some trouble with the uh, that you can use the mouses. Uh, you can use the right click to like do me- interactive menus on people, talk to them yeah. and stuff. But it was a, that was a little weird. It was fiddly. How were you doing it? It was. Uh, hard. I had trouble with that a little I, bit. I was. The controls in this are unfortunate. The, well, the controls are okay. It's just the interactive. No, part. they're unfortunate. Uh, Agent Forty Seven ha- does not have the ability to walk backwards. Yeah, uh, I was wondering about that. Yeah. When you press back what would be down for any other game, you actually walk forward at a slower pace. Now, I think it's awesome that they have that your ability to walk slow. Uh, to kind of, It's not a sneak, per se, but it's just a walk slow. Um, but when you run right up against the counter and you just want to back up a little bit so you can see something, you have to basically sh- like shimmy back. Or turn around, take a few steps, and turn back around. Um, also, the the mouse uh, interactive bits, yeah, uh, are super fiddly. They you are. Can, I didn't can, get. I didn't, it took me a while to figure out what I was getting how to use them. Yeah, you can alternatively just walk up to something, hit the space bar as your all encompassing action button. Yeah, and it does have mouse wheel support. Yeah. So you can flip through weapons and holster your weapons Which I like real quick that. to the I, mouse I thought wheel. that was good. I yeah. like that part. So I mean, some of the some of the control aspects of this were very innovative, and some of them needed a lot of work. And they did get it better in the later games. Yeah, I've heard the second one is a quantum leap for this one. But I mean, all that said, yes. First of all, it does fit the category oh, quite yes. nicely. Yeah, because there were I can't tell you the number of times that I cackled when <laughs> something happened. Yes. I mean, I mean, people fell off stuff. <laughs> I fell off stuff. People, funny things happen. But just running by adversaries that just stood there or would let you choke them or kill them, I thought was funny. One thing I want to mention, the scene where you're setting up that, that trio and they're they're working it out and you're supposed to go in and kill everybody. Yeah. Um, if you are still dressed in your suit and you walk into the, because they're meeting at like a bar. If you walk into the bar, the the police chief will get up, walk over to you, and and t- and say like, ah, sorry, man, you got to leave. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then there's a fade out and a fade back in of him basically kicking you out of the bar. Now, if you turn back around, and he's got guards outside this thing. If you turn around and run directly back into the bar, he'll walk over to a seat. Sit down, stand back up, walk back over to you, and throw you back out. <laughs> yeah. But you can run him around that restaurant because he's walked at just a snail's pace. I ran him around the table into the back room because I was going to choke him out back there, but I, I got kind of turned around, so I had to run him back into the main room. So you you can really did you ever, I never thought about that. Did you actually choke him? Could you choke him out back there? Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I eventually did it different than the intended way. Yeah. I got into the bathroom, you know, asked for the bathroom key, got yeah. it, and then just stood in the bathroom and was like, pew, pew. <laughs> you know, it's just something else I wanted to mention, you just reminded me of. If you when you start this game, it'll let you put load put your load out on there. You can have mm -hmm. a flak jacket, and you can have yeah. weapons and cravats also. But one time I picked, I forgot to pick any weapons, and so I started the game with no weapon. Okay, you can't do anything, and so I went into the bar. And if you look around, there's a there's a kitchen knife. There's a parry knife yeah. basically stuck in the bar. So that was my only weapon, and that actually was kind of fun yeah. to go around and try to kill people with this tiny little knife. Because if you kill someone with a gun, you can pick up their gun. Yeah. That kind of stuff is really good, too. Yeah. And the fact that you can drag their corpses around yeah. was funny. Because you can drag them to all kinds of goofy spots. Yeah. You know? <coughs> it's, it's, a, it's a dumb game. But I kind of sort of want to go play it now. Because yeah. I watched a lot of playthroughs and plus played my part. And I enjoyed it. And you're right. The, the voices of the guy. And that is the, the, probably the funniest part. When he finally spoke, I about fell out of the chair. Yes. Like, he sounds like a guy that should be like the Dunwich Horror. You know, it's like, I, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> Very disturbing. Yeah, uh, uh, overall, if you're going to check out a Hitman game, you might want to start later in the series. Uh, <laughs> but, but, it cannot, this reviewed, by the way, uh, when this came out in 2000, it reviewed mid. It was in the 60s and 70s range. Uh, but this has came, obviously, made dramatic comebacks. They tweaked some things. They saw what they did wrong, what they did right. And now this game is is world-renowned. Has world-renowned? Oh, yeah. It has, it has uh, uh, many, many sequels. Theatrical releases, television shows, uh, comic books. It really encompasses... It has become a phenomenon just the same like Laura Croft. Did you ever watch the film? No. I didn't either. No. I will tell you, if you're wanting to try this at the house, and you've got two options, all right? We, we went through both of them. One, you can get, you can go, first of all, this is still being sold. So I guess yeah, maybe it is eight bucks. Eight bucks. I ain't paying that. But there's a demo uh, out there you can play. Yep. That, that, that's a pretty large demo. It is. It's, it's actually about a third of the game. If you can get it working, you're gold. It's not that. I got working at about 10 minutes of fitness. Yeah, it's know. not hard. Uh, you could also buy, if you have the Xbox Game Pass, you can get the uh, Hitman Trilogy. Yes. Which is, for, it was like 60 gigs or something to download. And then this game, I guess they redid the game in that. Well, so it's not quite, I would I would, would kind of want to play the one we played. The, I wouldn't want to play the, the Trilogy... Has the uh, new engine and explores old levels. Yeah, screw that. So, play the original. That was better. It, it, was it, yeah, yeah. We and, both play the original. And also, it. you could download the original before you could get. It's probably smaller than the loader it takes to download the new one. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. thing was a monster. Did you? Did, was this thing? Can you get these boxes up on eBay or something? Can you? I mean, oh, I didn't check. I mean, you can get it on Steam for eight bucks. Yeah, there you it, go. What's so. the value of it? It's eight bucks. Yeah, we got no reviews on this thing, Brent. So no one, no one played it. That's Hitman. all right. I'm surprised how few people I talked to that actually played this game. So there you go. Yeah, it's yeah. So any final thoughts on this wacky category? Uh, this was this was a unique one. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this is the only way I would ever have gotten to play Mash on this show. That's it. I could think, and, and Hitman is not the game we normally would play. <laughs> You know, every week we spin this thing, we come up with something more and more zany, and guess what? Spin the what, Aaron? The wheel! Oh, let's spin it again, dude. All right. Fire it up. Let's, let's tell everyone at home, Aaron. Yeah, because I don't added. know what you put on there this week. What do you got? 
our retro rewind is the Game King one through three. I am the Game King. Remember that? Great. I think I sang that over and over. When yes, you, you did. Yeah. Uh, and the new piece is wrestling games. Real quick, I'm going to go over some of the other pieces for those listening yes. out in Listen Land. Um, oh boy, we, wrestling games. We have uh, the Sharp MZ700. <laughs> we have me sneezing. We have games marketed towards girls. Uh, light gun games, French designed games, oh. Japanese arcade exclusives, and all over the world. The Apricot F1, the Super Akon, and the Wonder Swan Black and White. You've that, got one of those. That is the the possibilities Man, that we have. There's a couple scary ones in there, Brent. I'm there not gonna is. lie. You really spin that thing with some gusto, don't you? And the winner is what we get the Brent. We got games marketed towards girls. <laughs> suggested by John, boat of car Schaller. You know, uh, uh, ha- being fresh off that Barbie stream a couple months ago, the girls have been underrepresented quite often in this in this category. So I'm going to try to pick something that I think reflects a, a good girls game. You know, is this even a category anymore? In oh yes, tw- in twenty. No, I'm saying in twenty twenty. Yeah, two. All right, uh, you can't really. Isn't everything marketed for everyone? No, well, no, that's not fair. I, I don't believe that's fair. I think as children, the there is a a mental difference between small girls and small boys. I'm not saying they can't like each other's stuff. Nothing like that. Uh-huh. And I think as age progresses. It comes to a point where games are just games, you know. But I think at, at a younger age, I do think that uh, uh, you can diversify games into those categories. You know, and we'll—I'm sure we'll get into that more philosophical discussion this next week. But uh, I think, uh, for the most part, girls have really been under service when it comes to games. I think they've got a lot of garbage out there, and I think the majority of the games in the old days are almost all for marketed toward guys. Yes, maybe that's changed too. I don't know. You know, being a guy, I don't enough of not playing modern stuff. I don't know what exactly. I play well. I know. I I think the I think the game market is still heavily uh, uh, swayed towards uh, male audiences. I can tell you, two things pop into my head right now. One, I'm not playing anything. In the Barbie line of games. No, I can tell you either. that right now. And two, this will give me a great reason to show my Barbie game footage as our warm-up next week. <laughs> I, can, I can just resurrect and stick it right in there. It works Yay. out great because it was all Barbie all the time, brother. Um, any uh, Anything you want to talk to the people about before we shove off this week to Brent? Uh, Boat Fest. Yes. Boatfest.info, go take it a check. I'm not going to go into the big spiel. We'll do the big spiel next week. What do you got? Yeah, uh, I want to thank everyone that endured the International Computer Club last night. We had major internet issues, uh, international internet issues from all over the world, specifically North America. They had horrible, horrible storms up in Canada last night. Uh, it uh, d- damaged uh, Frank from RichardRewind.ca's house. And yeah. devastated the neighborhood, and people were it's killed. But also amongst the problems they had was that was some of the internet backbone up there got like jacked up. But anyway, we had major problems last night, but we still got through. We powered through. If you're interested in watching International Computer Club, it is available on the Amigos Stream Team channel on uh, YouTube. That's three different words. You can also catch it on our Twitch channel. And if you there. aren't subscribed to the Amigos Stream Team channel, seriously, it's one click. 
And you're going to, real soon, you're going to be getting some videos that are, I mean, you're already getting videos that are exclusive to there. Oh, gosh. And I put all kinds of crazy, I found all kinds of stuff that I, hadn't, that I forgot I had. Yeah. And I put up there. So it's, if, you just if you're looking for wackiness, that's the place to go. Yeah, so there you go. Um, I think that's all we've got coming up. Just a brief, the briefest of blips that after Boat Fest, the month after in July there, we will uh, be getting into talking about the Amigathon uh, and how that's going to go down this year. We've started preliminary discussions on how we're going to play it this year. So we'll get into that too. But the next big thing on the docket was, is going to be uh, Boat Fest. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, give them that URL again. Boatfest.info. Boatfest.info. Tickets still available. They're dirt cheap. Frank will be there. Uh, so it's a good time to get your stuff recapped, the whole nine yards. All right, let's take the sucker to the house. Uh, until next week, Brent, try to be serious if oh. possible. Thanks for joining us today. We really hope you enjoyed the show. A special thank you to Death and Styles for our vector style graphics and Bartbit for our amazing music. Would you like to help keep ARG spinning? You can do so at patreon.com slash ARG presents. Just like these fine folks. Dryerlet 17, Laron Garut, Templar Mar, Z9K9, Jerry Dennington, John Dykeman, Retroalgy, Airshack, Texas Foosballer, Sundown, O'Rong, Super Tech Boy, David Terrence, Mr. B, Roushy, Ram, W. Betke, Dave, Velociraptor, Bernhardt Lucas, Steve Rathmussen, Anthony Jarvis, Bitter Blitter, Pajaco6502, Kevin Bean, Andy Jones, Andy Craig, Rob Black O'Hara, Jason Warns, Mitsuyama, Chris Foles, Frodo Edel, The Slow Terry Howard, Olaf Hope, and Rolo. They all have access to our Discord channel, their name called out in the credits, and visualized in the ending scene. Have an idea for a wheel piece? You can send it to us at argpresents at mail.com.